the thickest, creamiest, like gelato-y type of ice cream ever. And you hit it with a little sea salt and now it's like a little more sweet and savory. And that's, that's the thing of how do I look at it different? And, and instead of just, okay, this is the technique. We got to redo it. Say, no, no, no. Like we're going to make this now. Like that's, that's fun. Hi, this is Lowell Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. And this is Budgie, co-founder of The Creatures, drummer with The Slits, and Susie and the Banshees. Welcome to Curious Creatures. Life after punk. You may think you know the territory, but we, we drew, drew the map. map. Who we got today? Without further ado, uh, let's see. We have Graham Elliott, uh, oh. catering and chef um, extraordinaire. Extraordinaire, yes. There are several links we could choose, but one of them is uh, Lollapalooza. Yeah, oh, yeah, the big festival. So he cooked for that, right? He did everything for that. He also cooked okay. for um, President Obama, I believe. Okay, here we are. Graham Elliott. Uh, well, okay, let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you this real quick. So... So, so this is just me thinking out loud. Now, yes. if, if you had an opportunity to either right now, not, you know, starting off in, in the late seventies doing your band, but right now, it, you know, we want a reunion show. We want you to do this and we'll pay you that. And, and you can either be in front of 200,000 people and it's just kind of a, a, you know, a shite show. You come in, you do your thing, or you can come and play to like, 10,000, but you have the best catering. You have this incredible area to stay in. You know, this is your trailer. All like, which one do you guys go with now? Are you, is it a point in your career and life where you're like, I've played in front of a lot of people. I don't need that, but I want good food and I want a cool place to stay with air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see I've only played um, like a few times in front of that capacity audience. That was probably the first Lollapalooza actually. Um, and I don't remember the uh, catering at Lollapalooza. Mm -hmm. Nobody was interested in catering at the first Lollapalooza. <laughs> they were interested in body piercing and uh, the, the, the sideshow circus. And it was Jim, Jim Rose Circus. Yes. Yeah. And I tell you, everything you needed in that thing was backstage anyway. You know, but mm -hmm. it was chaos, crazy. But you know, as much as I love the Portaloo and uh, sharing it with the with the, with the madding throng <laughs> i i would go for the luxuries I, i'd like to see um, feel the warmth of 10 to 20,000 people mm -hmm. but i would love freshly made sushi backstage yeah. with a nice miso okay okay yeah yeah we're we're of a like mind then <laughs> I know we are long. <laughs> there's a reason we're here there's a reason we're here promoting yeah. ourselves to go yeah anybody out there want us to come to the, your festival <laughs> yeah well actually actually unbeknownst to you i had a chat last night with uh, james murphy from lcd and you know at the festival because it was was the last show of their tour last night and they've done a lot of shows where they've had residences where they've been in a, a t one city for like four or five days six days that's the key to everything to make it be beautiful you know like mm -hmm. like you say two hundred thousand or maybe five shows in front of ten thousand in the same place i'd much rather do that you know with good air conditioning and good food and it make you know mm -hmm. 
you get to a point in your life. I mean, we're we're all me and Budgie are, are, are probably a little older than most of the audience at the gig last night. Um, but you know, we've done our share of uh, driving around in the van and mm-hmm. nothing to eat for ten days and all that crap. So, and there, it's funny because in the chef world, um, there's a lot of you know pop ups, but it, it's turned into like a residency type of thing as well, where you know maybe ten years ago. Um, this restaurant is inviting you as a chef to come and do a collaborative dinner for one night and you sell it out and you do it but to come in and again it's like a concert right it's like you're only going to be offering this food for two or three hours you're going to try to make sure that the equipment's uh, you know correct that you have enough hands that the ingredients you ordered you know really actually showed up and they're up to your standards but if you're going to be there for like a week pop up and you get to really have a hand in like, I want the lighting like this. What are the servers wearing? What's the playlist? How are we going to present the food? Uh, this makes the most sense doing this and that. Then you're, it's almost like you're owning your own little restaurant for that amount of time. And that's way more exciting because you, you know that the experience someone's going to get is really in line with what you want to offer versus just quick give out five dishes of your food and and come up with an excuse of why it's not exactly what you want but you know this is what we're trying to do i I think it's it's interesting that that it's turned into to something like that where it's a little more concrete as opposed to just a, a quick little you know spurt of energy yeah no i think um it's a creative process mm-hmm. we see it as an experience and and i mean i've been watching some tv recently and i'm sure every, everybody's uh referred you to that series uh bear mm-hmm. you know have you seen that i don't know if you guys are like this but anything that has to do with chef and restaurants i completely avoid on tv yeah. just because yeah. you know as, as, especially as you get older you just become really jaded and you're like that doesn't happen yeah. nah, that guy would never work in a kitchen yeah. ah, get get yeah. out of here this and then and then it's like yeah. that's not what it's like yeah and you're like they should have hired they should have hired me i could have been yeah. that guy or i at least should have been producing yeah his tattoos yeah. are rubbish exactly <laughs> yeah no one has a carrot tattoo nowadays yeah um <laughs> Well, the reason the reason I asked is because it, it's obviously come, I think, into people's consciousness more than it's not just. Um, it's more of an art form. They, they see it that way, and what you just said is exactly the same way as I look at going to most shows. I'll go to see my friends. Mm-hmm. I'll go to see certain things, but I am not the main concert goer because, for me, you know, I'll spend my whole time looking at the stage and figuring out. Oh, they, how do they do that? How how was this happen? Oh, that's great. It's good. So it's not an in, it's not an enjoyable out of body experience that it should be, you know. We always joke that all chefs are failed rock stars. Like I sing and play guitar, and you know, being on stage in front of somebody, whether it's cooking or music or talking, it's it's always comes back to like. You know, there's six billion people in the world and like, look at me, look at me, you know, um, <laughs> so you, you want attention. But I feel that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's part craft, it's part art, it's all being able to express yourself through, through this medium. And so I know with the bear, it's, you've got a fine dining background and then you take over the spot and now you're offering this kind of food. I know that if I had to do, you know, fish and chips or mushy peas or, you know, a, a, a steak frite or a burger. Yeah. 
as a chef, you're going to come in and be like, I want to make sure the bun's toasted, that there's a beautiful aioli, there's equal parts lettuce, tomato. So each bite has, you know, all the proper ingredients together. You, you approach it that way. Um, but but it, you guys, if you're playing instruments and you're in a band, what is more important now? Kind of like a fine wine that ages. Did you start trying to be more artistic, you know, look at me, I'm so different, I'm doing amazing <laughs> things, and now it's yeah. like, I just want to play drums, or I just want to play keyboards, or I just, you know what I mean, where it's like, it's just a craft. I like to sear food and grill it and make sure it's perfect. I don't need to do all the other stuff. Or do you flip it, and is now you're trying to like be more creative than ever? I'd like to think it's all the art of deception. <laughs> it's, um, I, I think it's going to the best restaurant, and they present you with a poached egg. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like that novel, like I always recall, Parfum, right. where they're searching for the exquisite scent. Yeah. Yes, but you've not had anything until you've had this poached egg, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. That it's all of the years of, of toiling and, and struggling mm -hmm. and also refining and then throwing out the crap and refining more and getting the right team until there's just you left mm. and in a way you think well what else could I do except what I do um, and I don't know if I'm any better but I know my my if you like my tensions and nerves and the things I think about and what 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 I consider and what I think when I'm actually doing the thing I do there's almost no there's no almost at the moment of connection there's no thought mm. right whereas when I was younger the thinking never stopped sure it was always like did they do that wasn't I'm, I'm, I'm second-guessing mm, everything yeah. Like, yeah. Like, so I'm ah! completely the same in the kitchen you know and, and it was a contest of um, it wasn't judging yourself based on like oh the customer's always right like we would go into dinner knowing we hate the customer like we're going to be yeah, fighting them and, you know yeah. it, it, this is going to be horrible same with the audience yeah, exactly. you know? how dare they right, how right. dare they raise <laughs> cigarette lighters to suit Susie yeah. and the Banshees in America right. no haters yeah. <laughs> exactly and it, you're like no those three songs that you know we all hit yep. Let's, I'm going to play you track eight on this album this B-side that nobody likes B-sides yeah nobody likes but if you do then we're friends yeah. because you get it and it, yeah. we're the same thing yeah. cooking yeah. here's a 10 course menu these are the three hits everyone loves this oyster dish but here is you know the the uni sea urchin ice cream with a little nori cone that you eat and close your eyes and it feels like the wave, you know, at the beach just hit you as you, you know, let it melt on your palate. And 99% of the people are like, this sucks. I would never order sea urchin ice cream. But then the ones that do get it, you're like, we can be friends. You totally understand now. Right. So how do you come up with like a set list if you're playing a show and you want to be the artist, but you also want people to sing along and enjoy what you do? Like, how do you balance that as a, as a musician? Well, yeah, I, I, I have, I have a thought about this. I mean, <laughs> I really agree with what Budgie was saying that as, you know, as things progress, it has to be almost like a meditation that you're just the conduit at that point. You know, you're just a conduit funneling through the creativity and 
you know, you hope that your uh, muscle memory remembers things to do and it becomes automatic. You come so you don't think about it. You don't have to think about it. In fact, it's better that you don't think about it. Um, I think that at some point it it becomes uh, enjoyable whether or not you're mm-hmm. playing for the 50 millionth time. Sure. Because, you know, I know how the feeling I get from it and I've always got from it and I know I, I know how the audience reacts to that and stuff. Um, the new stuff, yeah, sure. But, I mean, you know, you've probably got to do about 50-50. Otherwise, you're kind of, it's kind of like... I hope you're not going to get upset by this, but it's kind of like going to a restaurant and the guy going, you know, the restaurant going, we don't have a menu. You'll have what we like for you to eat. And that's it, you know? Sure. And I'm up for that sometimes, but sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'd like to go and and get, hey, I know they do this, which is absolutely awesome. So I think you have to mix those, those two things, you know, to be, because you have to acknowledge that the fans of your art you know that you, you wouldn't have the things to do it's it's them that gives you that and right. i'm always very aware of that so and and i think you know to be honest back with the the, the cure we never did a, apart from the fourth album uh we never did a tour where we just played all the normal stuff and you know and all the stuff we we had just made and were excited about we never did that and we always you know swapped it backwards and forwards for me, in, in the kitchen, again, I think starting out, you know, I, I started at 17 as a dishwasher and busboy and ended up cooking. And the more you learn, um, again, not just about the craft, but the history, the regionality, geography, why people cook what they do in different parts of the world. Um, it gets you really excited. But you, you start cooking for, for other chefs and, and foodie people. And like you said, we used to serve a menu that was just a question mark. <laughs> it was like, this is what you're getting. And if you don't want to, you know, pay for the ticket and take the ride, then you shouldn't be here. And, you know, we were like just complete dicks. And, and you know, we understand more than anyone. But we had a couple dishes that you might be able to call a signature dish right. that people absolutely loved. And it made me not want to serve it. And then I had some other chef friends that were like, remember that every night you don't have the same customer coming in. Like some people read about this dish or they saw this on, you know, YouTube. They want to try it. They want to photo it and post it and prove they were there and everything else. And the dish is great and delicious. You know, even though you might not love it and you want to come up with a new way to do it, like, let you know bring them along show them let this dish be the gateway drug they love it and understand what you do and then you can start doing other cool things but don't just turn everyone off immediately when they sit down and say you're in charge right i mean you've absolutely described there the process that goes through a lot of musicians minds well you know you're a musician as well so i mean but like in ordering a set list for for a tour you know you can't just throw the baby out with the bathwater and get rid of all the the greatest hits even if you're fed up with playing them because uh that's going to encourage other people in you know and it does If I bring it back to Lollapalooza and that first Lollapalooza where we had uh, Nine Inch Nails were touring uh, Pretty Hate Machine and Living Colour just had a year on the road at that point, I think. Mm -hmm. Nine Inch Nails had been out for about a year doing the same album. And um, we had a brand new album and a new single that had just gone in the the charts, Top 40. Um, 
So we were kind of fresh, and they were like uh, over it, you right. know. That special on yeah. the menu, I think it was called. Was it called Love Rears Its Ugly Head or something? Yeah, it was a big hit for Living Color. Yeah. And every night they I, they played it every day, and I I love that song. I love the riff, but I could never recognize the song. They they just mangled it so much. <laughs> they were basically remixing it live right. on stage and. Uh, yeah. And as you say, so all the ingredients were the same, mm-hmm. but the result was entirely different. Yeah. If you're going to play a certain song that is, you know, it's the top 40 hit, it's what everyone knows, do you come out and play that one that you know these people want to sing along to? You know what I mean? Like Pearl Jam doesn't want to sing Jeremy at all. But, but they know that everyone wants to sing along. The last tour I did with The Cure, and, and I'm sure it's not a, a surprise to everybody, but, um, you know, most bands now use some tracks of some sort. You know, it's not all played live. I mean, very rarely. And and so on that, that tour, there, there's a few little things going on in the background that are taken directly from the multi-track of the recording. Mm-hmm. So they do sound exactly the same but sure. there's a lot of you know live playing going on with it but some somebody came up to me at the the last show i did and they said you know you sounded absolutely great and and like that that bell at the beginning of of holy hour i mean it, it i mean how do you do it it gets so perfect i said well that's because it's a sample off of the multi-track that i lifted off so it is it is that sound i'm playing it mm-hmm. but it's the original sound so that's why i go back to what i was saying about i find it very hard to go to gigs because i'm always trying to see where where not the deception but see what the layers are see what how they've mixed it all together to make it sound you know live but different yeah yeah and see when i watch the bear or any other show i think doing 12 years of tv i'm watching it and when i'm in a room with friends i'm watching their reactions and it's like Oh my God, they only have five seconds left. How are they? And it's like, no, 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 no. Like they filmed it and then they go and cut it. Yeah. And it looks like they had five seconds, but this was done 20 yeah. minutes ago. And four, yeah. But you don't want to like pull the curtain back and show them, but that's what I'm watching. It's like, what's the storyline? You know, you send two cooks home, but you also take one back the next day and now they have to compete. To, like I'm looking at the big picture way more than what they put on the plate. Like that's boring. I want to know all the other things. Yeah, right. Well, tell me, tell me this though. When when we go away for a holiday, people say they go away on holiday. They have something that they they had this dish and it was wonderful, or this drink, and then they go, we should take that and take it back home so we can have it again when we get home. And they get home and they do whatever it is they had the drink. And they go, ooh, <laughs> what is ooh? It's, oh, this is this is horrible. So how much is what we create dependent on the atmosphere we create? when we're, we're present. Sure. How does it work in the restaurant? I Well, I guess it, it's a couple different ways to look at it, right? If you're in, you know, Mallorca or, or some amazing little island, you know, off of Greece and you're having this dish, do you love it because you're thinking of who you're with and the wind was blowing and, you know, I had sand on my feet and it was, you know, it was just amazing. You can't recreate that feeling, but also you think of, you know, what were the ingredients there? Like I, I'm in Hawaii right now, you know, and I can right. go pick a, a mango, papaya, passion fruit, anything off the tree down the street. 
and it's still warm with like sunshine in it and you just have to like add a little bit of this and stuff and it's life changing as you drink it <laughs> if i'm in iowa using frozen passion fruit yeah. concentrate that was picked 25 years ago sitting in the the cisco freezer it's like you got to do way way more to that to try to even make it palatable was that was that industry knowledge you just let slip yeah. there how, how <laughs> yes. oh my goodness Freshly lying caught in Alaska just that's last week. <laughs> that's my that's our backing that's our backing track in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm sure you're aware like in, in Los Angeles there's at least one, maybe two restaurants that I know of that create that whole the whole atmosphere. Like everybody is dressed in costumes there's music playing that's only specifically made for the restaurant and there are dishes that are you know completely designed it's like from beginning to end of your meal it's all controlled the whole thing does that interest you as a way to you know to further your your creative input say you know you could be eating this in iowa and it's cold and horrible or you can come to this place which has the atmosphere that I want you to experience my creation in. Does that make sense? Yes, as, as long as you respect and appreciate who that person is behind the whole project. Right. You know, right. if the two of you went and just did a pop-up and you're like, you know what, we travel the world, we love food, but we love music and we want to open this place and we'll cook for 100 people, bait, you know, we're playing our music and the dishes are kind of based on that like to me that's like yeah i'll pay a thousand bucks a night to come in and check this out and see it right but if it's a 25 year old you know rich mama's uh, boy that hasn't traveled anywhere but thinks they're an <laughs> artist because they have tattoos and they're gonna okay. tell you what to like i yeah. that's when i'm like now i'm gonna full-on be a hater create a fake yelp account and just completely take you down that's that's what i <laughs> i don't know why i'm surprised of course you do you have much better finely tuned antenna to what's going on you know in a restaurant and how how food is presented and you know pervade you know i mean it's, it's fascinating to listen to you actually. yeah and it's it's interesting because it's so generational now where so many people when i started coming up if you worked for a certain chef it was a golden ticket on your resume and the only thing you ever wanted to do was your food yeah. right it's just like right i want my own label i'm doing my music over you know and and it's interesting because, Budgie, I think you mentioned about uh, something earlier, but it made me think um, if you're playing a certain type of music people like, that's like cooking the dishes people like. Instead of changing that menu, what we'll do is say, let's let's go start our side project band. You love reggae, you go to Jamaica and you want to do that. Right. doesn't mean you're going to change your whole band's output. But now you're going to do, you know, this kind of band. It's the same thing with restaurants. I've been to Italy. I love it. I'm not going to turn my fine dining place into a pasta place, okay. but I'll go and do another little spot that'll do that and show it off. But nice. I think that yeah. uh, nowadays, the chefs that have come up, um, again, with my generation, it's less being the, the crazy artist, you know, uh, person that's trying to, to create the experience and much more we love people and we want them to like what we do and i would rather have a full restaurant of people laughing and having an amazing time eating super simple food right. with like three ingredients on a plate right. like a simple tomato salad with basil and olive oil versus you know the the 500 a person tasting menu thing and i've seen that 
not just myself, but a ton of chefs recently, right. that that's what they would rather do. So it's it's mm. funny. I wonder now if the next generation is going right. to start doing right. the, the artsy stuff again. Like if it's cyclical. Well, I hope I hope that's a good omen for the music uh, industry because the the the, sh- the show the show has become right. everything. Right. Well, there seems some parallels there. What you just described is what I like yeah. to go to a place to do, to eat, to eat something that's that's simple, right. but satisfying. And, and obviously, you know, it's prepared and produced in the best way possible that I could never do. So that's what I'm admiring. That's what I like. They, they make the best this. I'm absolutely with you on that. Um, we've done some stuff recently where we have kind of thrown out um, all of our knowledge about how to make a record you know because we have a lot of knowledge about that we've done it for many many years and with lots of different people and we understand how it works mm-hmm. but um we decided to throw that all away and and just go with a completely different method which was very exciting to us wasn't it yes i, I i'm with you all the way there <laughs> i i um I, uh, I, I it's interesting because i believe we can do it because of uh, the secu- the security either that we yes. give each other or the security uh, that we let each other know that it's okay we can we we're now uh, equipped yeah. you know to 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 take the risk i i've been to to Cadiz to Salvador Dali's uh, museum you know and you see in there beautiful pictures that he's he started off you know drawing a horse perfectly right because you know so he learned all how learned all the rules and then threw them out the window completely Mm -hmm. and that was what it was like for us you can only do it if you know the rules to start off with to say that i don't need that part of it you know Hey, I, I got a question. I got a question. What was it, Graham? Obama's uh, Obama's forty ninth birthday oh. party. Okay, so this is what's funny is the guys Charlie Jones and C three run Lollapalooza, right? And we've got a great relationship. So what happened was we we know we're going to win. We've seen ten thousand polls. Like uh. it's not going to be a landslide, but we know we're winning. We need to have uh, a celebration in Grant Park for like half a million people in, in two days. No one can put this together, but you guys, because Grant Park's where you hold Lala every year. So he came in, he set it all up. He knew that I had been a fan of Obama and wow. gave me a pass. Wow. And I was literally right next to like Jesse Jackson and Oprah and everyone else right in the front. So I look at pictures and it's me like clapping. And then Obama is a huge foodie, wow. which of course, <laughs> as a chef, makes you, even if I don't agree, I'm going to vote for you now because, you know, yeah, he's ordering the raw hamachi and the corn bisque, corn table side, yes. and, and you're like, every other politician orders, you know, well-done steak with ketchup. And so you're like, this, this guy gets it. But I was going to say what happened was the day of, I was landing um, after filming, and our plane at O'Hare in Chicago was going to land and then we had to take back off and we were wondering what's going on and the pilot said Air Force One is here and we we have to fly around for a second and then landed and I looked at my phone and there was like 30 calls and texts and immediately in my head I'm like does this have something to do with each other is this 
And then I was told, yes, Obama's coming in tonight. We were just told there's like armed, you know, troopers across the street on the top of the building and they've done a walkthrough and they're doing this and they've tapped our phone and they're, and so I raced to the restaurant, got in and as we cooked, you know, there's, there's a secret service person in the kitchen watching every dish that we plate for him. Only wow. the same person, you know, gets to make the food. Um, I got to go out and talk to him and it was pretty uh, amazing experience. And then what was so cool was he came into the kitchen and in the kitchen we have like 40 people, including what I'm sure are quote unquote illegal immigrants, people from different countries, people were, and they didn't want to be in like a photo and Obama's like, I'm not taking a picture unless everyone is in. And so we got this photo of all of us and, and wow. he was so sweet and gracious and, and saying thanks and hi to everyone. And we were like, this, this is super cool. Well, th thank you. Thank you, Graham. Cause you, you've made me very happy man because I, I, I love Obama and I always thought that that would be who he would be in, in real life. And that's great. Like not only is it the most educated guy and you know, he's so well-spoken, he's inspiring. He's so great. And you're like, he was our president. Like, like we were so lucky to have somebody give eight yeah. years of his best years of his life to helping the country. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. He could go make 10 times as much doing a book or whatever. And to see the pendulum switch to not just the, the president like Trump, but like the, the people sure. that it represent, you know, like we're going to storm the Capitol. We're going to do this. This is fake news. It's, it's so interesting. And yeah. Do you think we could get Obama to pop over to like Great Britain and just kind of take over yeah. like any party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're in a band, you're in this era where it's, you know, Banshees, The Cure, Depeche Mode, The Smiths, you know, Echo and the Bunny Man, you know, like all these things. Right. Did you look at these bands as inspiration or competition? Because in the chef world, it's the same thing. You do creative food, and now you're, you're part of the molecular gastronomy movement with these other chefs. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like, we do our own thing. We're not part of this. But the media puts yeah. it together. So how did you guys approach that? The truth, the truth is, you know, starting off, obviously, you know, we were in the competition, whether we liked it or not, you know, because that's the nature of it. But, you know, the older I've got, the more I've, I've grown to, to love the competition, you know? Okay. So that's, that's probably the best well, answer. Got it. When, when, I, when I met yeah. Lol, The Cure were opening for yeah. Susie and the Banshees. And Susie and the Banshees would have the Human League opening right. for them. And probably you two at some yep. point opening for Susan the Patches. And we just watch as they all rise. <laughs> I think competition's good. There was a restaurant in Chicago and we were kind of, com not competing, but that's what kept me up every night till 3 a.m. was, okay, they're doing this. We got to do that. You know, we're going to order new China. We're doing this, right. we're, you know, and, right. and it was, kind of even like they got four stars we're four stars they're this we're this 
And then there was the, yeah. this magazine came out, the 50th best restaurants in, in the country or the world. And they were number one yeah. and we didn't make the list. Yeah. And that's when uh, you, you, it still hurts, but someone was like, okay, if yeah, all chefs are pilots, there's a few chefs that like literally get to become blue angels. And you're like one of the blue angels. This chef is like, right. like an astronaut, like one of five on the planet that is doing, and like they, they have gone to a different level and you're not going to, to, to catch up. So you can either use them to inspire you, but you can't go jump off a bridge because they're at this level now. Like you need to, to be okay yep. with it and come to terms with it and be the best you you can be, but you're not catching them. And that was one of the hardest things but also looking back like you know a life moment of of being okay with what you are and and you know not not fighting to to be better than somebody else exactly well i think i go i go back to the old you know um what's the what's the uh oscar wilde thing you know comparisons are odious right because they kind of are i i don't think me and budgie have ever compared ourselves to anybody particularly we we've grown to love who we are and what we are and <laughs> how we are right you know and i i'm not a fan of the grateful dead at all no. but i mean i can respect them but but there was an interview and Jerry Garcia had said, I don't want to be the best guitarist. I want to be the only guitarist. It's like you hear music and you're like, Oh, that's the Grateful Dead or Oh, that's Jerry. And that's what I want now is for someone to see or try my food and know that it's, it's me. It's not the best, whatever, but it's my, my thing. Like you go and look at Salvador Dali and you're like, Oh, I know that that's him, you know, or Van Gogh or whatever. And I think that that's, that's my goal now is, yeah. is how to do that. Curious Creatures is created and presented by Lol Tolhurst and Budgie. Producer, Joe Wong. Producer and audio designer, Dan Didier. Executive producer, Mark Cates. Associate producer, Sophie Wilde. Digital marketing, Margie Taylor. Art and logo design, Justin Thomas K. Music production, Jack Knife Lee. Curious Creatures is on the web and you can access us at www.curiouscreaturespodcast.com And you can reach us on Instagram and Facebook at Curious Creatures Official, Twitter at Cure Creatures. To find more of the best music podcasts, visit doubleelvis.com or follow at doubleelvis on Instagram or at doubleelvis on Twitter. Curious Creatures is a production of LXB LLC 2022.